Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast, Barbecue War Stories. My name is Sean Walchef with Cali Comfort Barbecue. We are recording above the butcher shop in beautiful Spring Valley with my man Derek Marceau from Valley Farm Market. What up, Derek? Not much. Not much. Just getting back from a, a five-day trip to Kansas. So that was uh, exciting. We uh, we have these new microphone stands, which are pretty fancy. So that's pretty cool for our first uh, time back. But yeah, Kansas was great. We uh, did a lot of waterfowl hunting, some upland hunting, um, got a lot of geese, duck, pheasant, quail, and uh, got to see my roommates and my best friends out in Kansas. So it was uh, great. And then uh, the announcement of Bill Snyder retiring again at Kansas State has been a pretty pretty big topic out there. So pretty cool. Or uh, we're excited to see who the next head coach is, though. Yeah, it was those pictures that you put were incredible. the The sunsets in California are amazing, but the open sunsets in Kansas in the Midwest are spectacular. I mean, it's almost to. It's so big. I mean, the sky, you just feel so small, and it's its just amazing to watch, you know, and you're literally sitting there in the sunrises because, you know, for waterfowl, we're getting there four in the morning to set up decoys and set up our A-frames and get, get ready for them, and you're watching that sunrise, and it's just, you know, you're sitting there thinking and doing stuff. You're like, man, this is actually really, really exciting and cool that we get to do this. I can just sit with my, my best friends that... You know, Joey Metropolis has never done any waterfowl hunting before. Um, Benny has, but, you know, out here in California, never any, like in Kansas where it's uh, so prominent. So um, being able to experience that with them. And then Russ Vanover, who's like my best friend out in uh, Kansas, got to take us with his buddy. And, you know, just having all them there and getting to share that experience is truly what it's all about. And we talk about the the process in in life and um, me being able to go out there and share that process with them uh was very rewarding for me yeah that's really cool and i'm uh stoked you shared those pictures on valley farm spring valley uh your instagram page those are really cool uh those of you that follow the podcast we appreciate it this is episode number 83 uh we publish a new episode every friday it's a business marketing um, podcast we talk about barbecue we talk about events we talk about hospitality uh talk about media Today, we're very fortunate um, to be joined by a gentleman that we highly respect. Um, we've been following him for, for a while now, uh, making a big name for himself um, and their business in La Jolla. Um, Craig, the owner of Promiscuous Fork, has been gracious enough to come and join Derek and I uh, behind the smoke. So welcome, Craig. Welcome. Thanks for having me. You know, uh, we truly uh, we truly admire what the business that you've built. Um, if you could give us a little bit of your backstory and how you got into uh, opening the Promiscuous Fork. Um, go ahead. We'll start. Probably started in the restaurant business when I was 14, uh, washing tables or washing uh, dishes and bussing tables. I worked my way up. Most of my career was uh, bartending. Um, moved uh, down. I was in Sacramento for about nine years. I moved down here in 98. Started... Uh, down on the gas lamp and uh, kind of worked my way up into management got out of that went back to bartending at steakhouse and then i met my business partner ray yeah yeah so <clears throat> were you always cooking when you're bartending like did you have this passion for for food got into it yeah yeah and just reading and asking you know the chefs that i worked with and uh, i've never taken a class or anything i just just really got this passion for it and where'd you grow up um northern california clear lake clear lake yeah where's that by it's about an hour north of napa Okay. Where the nice. big fires were this year? Sure. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, 
well, hopefully everything's okay up there. You know, I mean, it's been, been pretty pretty bad here in California with all the the fires and stuff. And in 07 or 08, <clears throat> 07, we had it pretty bad in San Diego yeah. in this last uh, <clears throat> few months. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, you know, central or L.A. and uh, central northern California had some really, really horrible, horrific fires. So Yeah, we had the ranch fire up there. Uh there was two fires, and my mom got uh, evacuated for about four days. Wow. How's her house? Good. Good. Yeah. That's we good. used to drive through there. Um, we always went to a little uh, lake called um, Lake Elmanor uh, mm-hmm. off Mount Lassen. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just so beautiful. I don't think people understand how beautiful Northern California is. It's gorgeous. It's just so amazing, all the trees. And, um, you know, <laughs> I can't wait to be able to take my kids out there, hopefully, someday. But So you grew up in Northern California. What brought you down here? Um, it wasn't Sacramento, <laughs> right? Get away from the yeah, sack town. Got, got out of sack, and I came down here, and I was like, "Man, I wish I'd done this twenty years ago." Sure. And so I started bartending down here and started managing. Um, anyway, when I met Ray, uh, he was in mortgage and banking and lending for a long time, and I had this idea. I said, "I want to do this thing in the farmers market, a grilled Caesar salad concept." And he said, "Well, I'll I'll do it with you." You know, just we we just did it. Did it on Sundays, and we called it the Romaine Empire. <laughs> that wouldn't nice. go too well right go, now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With all the Romaine recalls. So you know, we did that for about almost a year. Every Sunday, uh, it wasn't just mar- making Caesar salads. Uh, grilled Caesar salad and top it with like a chicken, shrimp, or lamb. And we had five different Caesar dressings. Uh, There's like a green chili dressing, a Cajun dressing, a cilantro dressing, a classic. So you kind of build your own Caesar salad with anchovies. Oh, yeah. Nice. And raw egg and, and anchovies. There you yeah. go. Yeah. That's which, my favorite. Which farmer's market were you in? La Jolla. La Jolla? Yeah. And uh, talk about the process of getting into it and what, what you learned about setting up once a week for a farmer's market. I learned it wasn't the market for us because it's more of a morning market. Okay. Yeah. So we were flanked by crepe and crepe, and they had 20 people long lines, and we were going, do you want to try chicken and Caesar? <laughs> right. You know, at <laughs> 9 in the morning. Yeah. Um. The process was pretty easy. Uh, you know, all the proceeds go to the school, so mm-hmm. it was a good thing. It's just getting up that early in the morning to go do it and get set up. What time did they open? I want to say it was like 8. Okay. So we'd get there at 6 and set up, and then we'd go have breakfast because it, you know, it turns into Crepes. A, <laughs> <laughs> it'd turn into a, a, a cluster, you know, everyone trying to bring their trucks in there and set up. So we just, we'd go early yeah. and set up and make sure the barbecue worked, turn it off and go have breakfast and come back. So did you have a lot of people that wanted you to, you know, do any caterings or anything? With That's where we got one of our first caterings. Yeah. Really? A nice couple came up and they were getting married and they said, we want to, you know, they took a chance with us. And how'd that work? Worked out great. How many I, people were I didn't sleep for three days. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was like 40 people. Okay. And it, so was was nice, it was a nice, it was a nice little uh, um, sort of a reception that we did with them. So you and Ray go to the farmer's markets, you guys are making Caesar salads, and then... For a year, you said? For about a year, and we kept talking about catering. Let's get into catering. I was still bartending. He was still, you know, doing lending and and stuff like that. And uh, we came up with the name. And then, you know, lucky for me having Ray is he's the business guy. So he went and did all the – set up the tax and set up, you know, all the business stuff. Stuff I don't know how to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, we became the Pimariscuous Fork. How how did you pick the name? (laughs) That's the funny story. uh, Bartending most of my career, my – 
my wife and friends would come to the bar and you know they'd all hang out and they'd all order food and she's four foot eleven and she'd pop up next to him with her fork and be like well what did you get <laughs> what did you get and i would tell her you know sit your ass down right what these people eat and it just sort of hit on dawned on me that like you know that's about sharing it's about getting stuff and passing it around and people trying different things that's awesome. Yeah, every time uh, we we say the name to some of our friends, and they they just, I mean, Stacy Poon Kenny. The first time we said promiscuous for, I mean, I think she's still laughing at the name. She she absolutely loves it. I had a lady call me on the freeway and was on the back of my truck, and she goes, "Oh my god, if you are not successful because of your name, I, that is the best <laughs> thing ever." And I'm like, "We should not be on our phones right now." Right. That's awesome. Yeah. So you guys uh, started doing the catering. And how long did you guys do that for before you opened up your brick and mortar? We catered for about five years. Oh, wow. And then Ray finally left. Uh, he was going to, you know, pull his hair out in the banking. Sure. In 09, you know, yeah. when everything went. He's like, I got to get out of it. So he went to catering full time. I was still bartending. So we catered for about five years. Yeah. And uh, right across the street from where I live, this the little place where you guys are be next to us, uh, was a little Chinese place. And she was, she had it for sale. So we went in and we looked and there's nothing there we want to buy sure you know she wanted i forget how much she wanted like 36 grand for it and uh we're like well there's nothing here we want to buy we're not going to use any of your equipment so we kind of stalled and stalled and other people were looking at it. other um places want to make uh like chinese place uh, domino's was looking at it really yeah and uh i don't know how it worked out um she picked up her cash register one day and locked the door and left so i called the we called the agent uh-huh. she says come on down and we looked at it and we actually had uh had a client who was just awesome. We've done a lot of catering for the whole cul-de-sac and we basically asked them for the money because the bank wouldn't give us anything. Sure. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, they were nice enough. They said, look, someone gave us a handout hand up one time Mm -hmm. and, uh, they saw it as the Chinese place and it was filthy. Right. And they said, when do you want to check? And changed. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And that one investor was enough to get the store open. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So the one investor that gives and credit you, cards, <clears throat> yeah, lots, lots and lots yeah. of credit cards. So you get the uh, the money, and uh, what made you think it was okay to open a restaurant that's five hundred square feet? Because you know, Sean having a restaurant, me having my grocery store, <clears throat> we always want more room. You know, there's yeah. all, like <laughs> you're always kind of fighting for space. Um, you know, from doing Still the caterings, and yeah. is, how's it how's it been, and what have your struggles been for you know getting such a, I mean, so if you guys don't know Promiscuous Fork, it's uh, it's absolutely amazing. I, I love going down there every Wednesday. We go down there, we eat all the time. Um, the ambiance is extremely cool, um, nautical a little bit, and you know the the painted uh chalkboard paint signs and stuff mm. it, the, it it's just really inviting and um but what what made you guys you know take it that was, leap it was name? kind of organic the way it worked out i mean we uh we went to i was on my way to costa rica for a friend's wedding and ray had texted me and said we got it and we're in so we he signed the lease and everything and then he came down for it um we came back in january and started ripping things out what year was that uh, 2012. We okay. opened uh, May 18th of 2012. So we did all the, a lot of the stuff ourselves, you know, just during the day, ripping stuff out. And I remember getting the one wall to the kitchen and we got it down to the studs and I wasn't going to change it. And I just looked at it and I kind of got down in a three point stance and I ran at it. Really? <laughs> Knocked it down? And blasted it. Nice. So yeah. <clears throat> you guys do all that and then 
What, uh, how, how the community take you guys in when you guys first started? It was crazy. Um, I think about this all the time because I think about what Ray and I, how we started, you know, I, we catered and we were, you know, we cooked everything on site, mm-hmm. but we were never short or cooks at all. And we opened the doors and we had a line out the door for six months, handwritten tickets, um, making stuff as we need it, making pesto as we need it. It was just wow. Ray and I, no, no prep, no dishwasher, no nothing. Holy and we went, shit. we went from, you know, having fun and catering to about 110 hours a week per person. Sure. Yeah. Open to close. And, the, and we closed on Sundays because uh, we needed one day to sleep in. Right. And come Saturday night, I mean, he's my best friend. We wouldn't even say goodbye to each other. He yeah. hated me. I hated him. Right. <laughs> we slept. We'd come back Monday and start all over again. What were the hours? What were the operating hours? Um, open at 11 and we closed at 9 during the week and 10 on Friday and Saturday. Have you changed those hours at all since you've no. been in business? No. So I tried to open cons- Sundays and nobody... It's not that kind of a place, right? So we just we did it for I don't know six eight weeks and just kind of said let's keep it Sundays. Where are you pulling, pulling most of your customers from? Is it uh, all local high school and kids, or do you think no, it's more- not a whole lot of high school and kids because we're you know there's the taco shop next door they mm-hmm. go there, uh, but their parents all come in. It's a great community. La Jolla is an amazing community, and uh, half of them walk there, half of them drive. They come home. We do. There's nights we do almost eighty percent to go business. Really. Guess, which yeah. which is a big pat on the back, you know. You think that they know they probably can't get a seat, which right. they probably can, but uh, th- they like your food that much that they get it to go. Well, that's great, man. That, that's that's good to hear. So you guys are still just doing well. How did you guys come up and engineer your your uh, menu? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I just, that's what I wanted to see on a menu. And that's really. Yeah, just randomly, I, I knew what I knew what genre we want we wanted to be in. We wanted to be sort of a upscale beach food mm-hmm. in a basket uh so people could take a bite of a sandwich and say, well, i'm getting this in a basket not a plate with you know an 18 dollars plate um and it worked out and, and it's grown a little bit it's it's kind of uh, we've added a few things taken off a few things our number one our chicken sandwich our number one seller was a mistake i mean i had uh i had two or three hot dogs on the list and they just weren't selling. Yeah. And i was in the kitchen and i said i'm gonna make myself a chicken sandwich and i made that and i bit into it and i went what the hell and it's our number one seller. The chicken sandwich is phenomenal. Yeah. I get it every time I go. <laughs> it's one of those, like, a, you know, I'm scared to get something else because I love it so much. It's craveable. Yeah, it's delicious. For sure. So to, about <coughs> Crown Point. So you opened a second location. Uh, two years after that to the day. So same birthday. 2014. Yeah. You opened. We opened Crown, Crown Point. Um, do you know you know Burton? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we, know, he, we, know, we know Michael. <laughs> so he came to us and said, hey, I've got a couple guys who are doing this. <laughs> doing a project down in crown point and uh they want a concept like you or you and uh we went down and looked at it and i knew the area and uh we kind of fell in love with it and and did it It was we went from 513 square feet to 2300 square feet with a patio oh wow and beer and wine license beer and wine yeah so 16 beers on tap a little more freedom to have some more wine i Mm -hmm. had uh, an espresso machine we had mimosas brunch was huge for us um it was a big undertaking. Where in Crown? We're right in Crown Point. Where were you? Right next to Crest Liquor. Rocky, Cat, yeah, Rocky Caddy is in Crest Liquor. Yeah. Yeah. Caddy Corner to Rockies. Oh wow! So mm-hmm. the Murphys, who are our landlords now, mm-hmm. um, they built that place, and uh, they're, they're great guys. Sure. Yeah, I watched your podcast with them, and they're—I love those guys. No, yeah. they've been amazing with us. I, you know, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. And you know, going into this, um, you know, 
for the past <clears throat> five years, I'm always kind of looking to see what's out there and, you know, getting to, to do this in La Jolla, we, we, we were able to say no, um, which is a positive thing. And, you know, after meeting the Murphys, it was, uh, very easy for us to know that, you know, they wanted us as much as we wanted them mm -hmm. and that it was going to be a relationship where we work together. Right. <clears throat> if you don't have that with your landlord, if they don't want your success yeah. and they just want a transactional, like, don't talk to me, just mail me in the rent or your lease money. Like, it's never going to work. Right. And uh, just to know how vested they are in us um, coming in there has been been amazing. And it's just, it, it makes you feel good. It really makes That's you feel good. That's what we had before. We had, the banks were, or the two buildings were in foreclosure. So we had no one to even talk to if we had a problem or anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Murphy's came in and bought it with, in the 17. And uh, just knowing them and knowing their story, uh, they've been so transparent. They're, they're great. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, they're, a and lot they're blowing of up right now. A lot of people say a lot of things. It's great to see people that are actually doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, when you see Russ and you see Scott and they're there on site making moves, yeah. making decisions, working yeah. with tenants, working with subcontractors, um, you know, that, that kind of stuff inspires Derek and I because we know that they're not full of shit. I mean, what kind of landlord gives you brand new paint and a new sign for free? Yeah. Yeah. Which looks incredible, yeah, by the, the way. Yeah, the signs look great. Yeah, incredible. They look amazing. I don't know if I've seen that. When, when did the signs go up? Uh, just last last like week, two, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. So I've been gone. Yeah. I didn't get to see the signs yet. Yeah. yeah. They look fantastic. I'll see them tomorrow. tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I'll get some lunch. Absolutely. So, yeah, Crown Point was uh, interesting. <laughs> tell, Di tell, different demographic? Or? Different. I mean, four miles away, completely dem different demographic. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, we had same preparations, same cooks. A lot of our cooks went back and forth. Same mm -hmm. cooks, same preparation, same everything. Received completely differently. Hmm. A lot of people loved us down there, but I got more criticism down there than I do La Jolla. Wow! Like for not having a fryer, uh, it's like we opened a, you know, a porn shop or something there. They were just like, "How do you not have fries with your burger?" Wow. <laughs> I'm like, "Well, we just don't have a fryer. We don't have a microwave. We don't have a fryer. We're, we're giving you good products." Right. Mm -hmm. I got nothing against fries, but yeah. wow. So tell us. Um, I know, obviously, something that happened that helped, not helped, but mm. was a tragedy. Something you know, life isn't always about roses and butterflies and opening up new, no. new, uh, new businesses. Sometimes life gets in the way, and sometimes tragedy happens. Can you tell us a little bit about? Um, yeah, we showed up to uh, showed up to a catering job in December of sixteen, uh, and we were unloading and. Uh, It's tough, man. Uh, Ray had a Ray had a seizure, and come to find out, he had a glioblastoma, brain cancer. He had, had he had any symptoms of anything no, before that? No. So everything was was good, just and fine, and had a seizure and. Uh, and we they rushed him to the hospital, and he had surgery the next day. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we dealt with that for about eighteen months, and uh, he passed away in May. Um, sorry to hear that. Man. So he uh, he fought it for eighteen months, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, just eventually it, it took him. So Crown Point was was something that kind of had to. 
Yeah. I got handed two restaurants and, you know, he was the guy who did uh, payroll and he, he was the business guy. Sure. I'm the creative guy. Mm-hmm. And it was like, here you go. Now figure it out. <clears throat> like we said earlier, figure mm-hmm. it out. Um, in between, I don't know if we were talking earlier, but uh, in between Ray getting his cancer, his wife had developed cancer and passed away before him. Oh, no way. December 29th last year. Oh. Holy shit. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a rough two years, so. So we're, you know, we're back on our feet. You know, we got, uh, we sold Crown Point. Uh, it's going to be a ramen place now. Um, getting back to La Jolla itself and, and really, you know, stopping some bleeding and, and, and really get back to our roots. Right. And get the catering. And we're going to start catering again. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. <clears throat> That's good. You know, it's, those tragedies are, are really hard to come back from. And, uh, you know, to see that you're, you know, kind of, Taking back to La Jolla and just kind of getting back to, to yeah. what you guys started is, yeah. is very admirable and, and, and cool of you to be able to just kind of hyper hyper focus on that. Right. And, and you know, I'm sure Ray would be extremely uh, proud of you for for doing that and keeping it going. So kudos to you. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a you know circle of life thing. His uh, his son's about to have a kid. First uh, kid. His first kid. So yeah. been his grand yeah. first grand. So um, it'll be uh, Penelope Ray Benfield. Mm-hmm. and is his, do you still talk to his son a lot mm-hmm. you, you yeah see him, see him. yeah um the great thing is that we you know we were all really close and now we're a lot closer sure. his sister brother-in-law his parents um his two kids did he live out in La Jolla? no he lived right behind the high dive in off marina boulevard sure mm-hmm. okay which is weird because his neighbor had passed away of glioblastoma as well really yeah and then for his wife to get cancer as well it's kind of it really is, weird. Yeah, something's not right. Wow. Hmm. How so, both was his neighbor young as well? I don't know. I, don't yeah. know. I only know the the wife, but he had passed away before that. Wow. So, that's that's got to be tragic for their kids. You know, losing both parents within six months, seven months. Yeah. It's a, it's a tragedy for yeah. for that, and you know, it's it sucks because <clears throat> you know you have to think about things like that, and right you know doing these business transactions and doing what what uh what we do in business you know you have to have your life insurance stuff and you have to do those things and you have to go have those uncomfortable conversations with your wives and stuff and you know we we do them we my wife and i we've had those okay if if it happens you know i want you to go do this or i want you to go do that and i want you to to live your life and and um be happy and i want to make sure that i have enough life insurance to where you're not worried about anything right, and that I right. put you in a position to succeed and be there for the kids. And, you know, she does the same thing for me. And it's like, man, those fucking conversations are so uncomfortable, but you don't, you don't think about that stuff until it happens. And yeah. like, you know, we, we luckily had a, a regular who was in insurance mm-hmm. and, and he had said, you guys got to do this. Right. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it. We'll do it. Mm-hmm. And one day, like probably January of the year he got uh, cancer, we signed something. Oh, wow. Um, and just to protect you, you know, Absolutely. either one. For Absolutely. sure, yeah, it's it really is to protect you. I, I have one of my best friends, Corey Stenovic, who um, his wife passed away, and mm. she had a brain aneurysm. Um, and uh, you know, after that, it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, like you know, she didn't really have anything set up. She had a little thing set up through the school, um, 
but it really pushes you. You don't want to think about those things, yeah. right? Because you're going to live forever and everything's going to be fine. And it's just, unfortunately, it's just not what happens. I know my lifestyle. I'm not living forever. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. That's, you know, I'm, that's how my lifestyle was too. And then just, uh, you know, four years ago after having my son, it's, um, I have three sons now, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, kind of change i'm like i used to always say like i don't want to live past 60 you know i'm gonna go hard for 60 years and then that's it and now i'm like fuck if they have something where i can live to 200 let's go i'll fucking live to 200 you know whatever you know trying to get my health back there and Mm. and lose weight and get get healthy again it's uh you know something that i want to be able to be there for my kids and i want to be able to you know share experiences and, and help I think it's just, I just want to be able to help them. Mm-hmm. I, just want, I don't want them to have to struggle, but I think sometimes the struggles are what make you stronger. 100%. Yeah. It's, uh, now I just take this and I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to make the fork even better. And, uh, you know, I, I still tell myself down the road I may open a second one again. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think La Jolla is more our model. Yeah. What kind of things are you doing now to uh, build your catering business? Right now, not much. I'm just just dipping my toe back into mm-hmm. it. So, so we've had we you know we probably have forty parties a year that we do just by repeat business. Okay. Um, so I'm going to reach out to them and say, hey, look, we're back back up and going. Um, I'm invest a little bit of money into like a box truck. Uh, right now we have a trailer, um, and I'm going to outgrow that real quick. Sure. So I'm going to I'm going to look into streamlining it a little bit, making it easier. Box truck, like a a food truck or no, more? just a van. A van truck. That can carry everything. Mm-hmm. You say you do everything on site? We cook everything on site. So you take out grills and you... Unless you're that. doing, you know, unless you're doing short ribs or something like that, where it takes, you know, it's a five, six hour mm-hmm. cook. Mm-hmm. That, but everything else is... Um, we hated going to weddings and having food that's been sitting there in a hot box for two hours and then just put a sauce on it. You get a chicken shrimp or a chicken fish or meat. And we sort of said, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. So we do everything from the grill to the people and uh and or you know we use their ovens we use their facilities if we can but we have two five and a half foot grills um we have tables we have all we're all self-explant or self-contained uh, sure do you guys smoke anything what do you mean by that <laughs> right <laughs> well, everyone smokes stuff out here um, you guys smoke any meats? yeah we we used to smoke uh when we had the uh, we have a, a big um master uh toastmaster smoker we had in Crown Point. Uh, I have it now. It's not hooked up, so I'm looking into uh, into getting another little hood put in, and and start smoking meat again. Well, that's exciting. Even though yeah. the fucking coastal committee is going to be a nightmare for getting mm. that hood for the smoke. Yeah, over there. That's what we're going to be running into because we have <clears throat> old hickory smokers that we're going to be bringing out and doing all of our in the back barbecue lot? stuff. No, we're going to do it in the inside. Oh, inside? Okay. And uh, the hoods and Jesus, man, it's. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. out here it's you know wild west. I got my smokers outside. And yeah, can do whatever I want over in the over there. It's a little different. Yeah. yeah. Have you had any any problems over there with the health health department? No, <clears throat> they've been Not pretty really. good. Yeah, yeah. No, they're they're you know it's the health department, right? <laughs> you do what they're gonna do, but uh, no, not too much. How's I, the how's the business? Is it seasonal? Like, is it, do you see a, a spike in the summertime or uh, it def- find a, definitely a spike in the summertime? It, it's funny. Summer. Cause you know, I'll look at numbers like right now and I'll go, oh, I seem a little low and I'll look at last year's numbers and we're usually within 200 bucks. Really? So I can set my watch to what La Jolla does. Wow. You, you know, you, you go gangbusters through summertime uh, and you get, there's so many rentals in La Jolla. You'll get 
people from Idaho and Texas and mm-hmm. Utah and New York, and they all come out. and And if they love you, they'll come. They're there for seven days. They'll be at, they'll be at my place. Four of them. That's awesome. Yeah, they love it. But some come uh, Labor Day. But after Labor Day, everything kind of just deflates a little bit, and then you get these little rolling hills throughout sure. the winter time, and then uh, come April ish May right back up so you do see a lot of tourists come in <clears throat> and uh yeah, eat there mm-hmm. that'd be pretty cool too with the 15 uh, units above our our place we'll be able to you guys are you're you're in a great spot over there yeah. i think i honestly think that uh la jolla is gonna embrace you very well oh we're excited yeah. for it like seriously we are and I, we were talked about it a little bit before the podcast but <clears throat> you know we're not we're not going to change much man we're mm-hmm. I, I am who i am mm-hmm. and sean is who he is and you know, we're, we're going to ingrain ourselves in that community and give back as much as we can <clears throat> and do whatever we can. We, we're, we truly don't want to be a transactional business. Mm-hmm. And we're all, all I'm worried about is just getting you in and getting you out. I want to create an experience for you right. and uh, get to know you and know your family and what you guys like and what you don't like. And see if we can't just, you know, work with everybody in the community and make everybody better. It's already a great place. And why not just, you know, help it rise? It's a great community. And, you know, I did the same thing with mine when you asked about the menu. I, I put out what I would eat. Right. And if you didn't like it, sorry, this is what mm-hmm. I, this is, this is me. I'm being true to me. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, it's, fortunately it's worked out. That's awesome. So man. as long as you guys do that and I, I, you know, I was walking your store this morning and, um, I like it. I cool. mean, we need a, we need a craft market right there. Yeah. I think we, we, 12 years ago when I came into the store, <clears throat> my, uh, dad, I was actually selling life insurance and, uh, my dad said, why don't you, because I didn't really like life insurance. Like, mm. why don't you uh, come in here? I want to retire soon. I'm like, okay. I, I don't mind coming in, but it was all kind of ran down, ran down store. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't really want to be that. And I, they were really, really trying to be a commodity store still. And they were really focusing on being a grocery store. And I said, if I come in, I really want to do something different. <clears throat> and I want to make sure that I can put my mark on things. And my dad being the the saint that he is, he uh, just really allowed me to um, put my touch on on the store. Right. And so my my big thing at first was um, before anyone even knew what what you know the craft beer big boom, um, I was in it. You know, I was, yeah. I mean, I was just starting to drink then, really liking craft beers, and became a cicerone and. You know, we brought in a thousand different beers and everyone's like, what are you, are you guys turning into a liquor store? I'm like, no, we're just doing something that's different, unique that Stay we, ahead can, of the we time. give you guys. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, just slowly started implementing that in everything. You okay. know, my dad went to, um, Greece after two months when I was in here and we didn't have any prime beef. We only had USDA choice okay. and he leaves and says, Hey, you know, man the ship for a month or two while I go to Greece. And I'm like, all right. So he leaves and I, uh. I'm like, you know, what? here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring in some USDA prime beef. So we, we order it. I know we got 30 days to pay for it, right? Yeah, and he's probably <clears> looking at the price going, we're doing what? Right. So he uh, he leaves. I do it. And I go up to this little community up here. It's called uh, Mount Helix. And I pass out flyers to stores mm-hmm. or to um, houses. And I tell them, hey, we're now carrying USDA prime beef. You wouldn't believe how many people came down for the prime beef. And, you know, when my dad thought that the community couldn't support it, they could. So they came in, all of a sudden my dad gets back and he's like, Hey, how'd everything go? I'm like, well, dad, I got to tell you something. He's like, well, what happened? I'm like, well, 
I brought in prime beef and here's the invoice. I brought in $12,000 worth of product. And he's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. How are we going to pay for that? I'm right. like, well, we here, did. here are our sales. And he's like, no way. And that's when we started changing to like more of the, you know, something you can't get at your commodity store right. and that you can only get at a specialty store. And, you know, I already knew the, the packing house that we were getting them from. It's just such a high quality packing house. <clears throat> and, Doing that with everything, the, mm-hmm. the seafood, wild-caught sustainable seafood, the pokies, the ceviches, making sausages from scratch still that yeah. you, know, you don't see. We actually still use the old crank. They look we, great down there. You know, but it's just things like that. And the craft part of things, you guys do it. You guys yeah. are a craft niche little little place, and that's exactly what we want to be. It's yeah. just be something craft that you can't get anywhere else. You can go get your commodity stuff at Costco. Go yeah. for it. I get it. I still go to Costco sometimes, I do, and I'm I do. a grocery store. I do. So I, I find a, a better quality there than some of the stuff my distributor gives me. Right. It's not about the price. It's about quality for me. Right. And I'm not going to budge on certain things. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just going, like you said, back to that craft, I think people are really getting into the craft on everything. Well, the Food Network helped a lot. And, and how all that changed and it changed people's taste buds. It changed the way they look at food. Um, and, and so you, you don't want to put out, you don't want to reheat food and put it out, which too many people are still doing. Sure. So if you can make it from scratch, I mean, we don't, we're not grinding our burgers, but you know, we're forming them patties and if I could, I would, but I'm pretty limited to what I got. Right. I'm sure we'll work something out. <laughs> yeah. We can we can grind your meat for you yeah. and pass it over. We do it for Brody's. I don't know if you heard of Brody's Burgers and Beer. <clears throat> They're voted best uh, hamburger in San Diego by iHeartRadio this nice. uh, last go around. But we grind all their ground beef every single day. Nice. They come in every single day. It's USDH Prime Chuck, and they come in, they get it. <clears throat> I told them like, hey, you can probably get three days mm-hmm. worth of Chuck, and it'll still be good. You'll yeah. be fine. It does what's called the hemoglobin oxidation process, where it turns a little brown in the middle. But it's just a, it's just an air thing. It's not a, a it going bad. That was a problem we had when we we were having someone uh, do our burgers daily, right? And after two days, they were turning gray, right. which and they're fine. But right. you know, we have a giant window that mm-hmm. everyone stands there and looks down at you, right. and you can't pull a gray burger out. No, no. even though it's perfectly fine. Right. Absolutely. So we went back to the old way. Yeah. So but he he's like, nope, I want it every day. And he comes in every fucking day really? and gets ground beef and ground turkey oh. for his burgers. So, well, I'm excited to have you guys as a neighbor for sure. Yeah, we'll yeah, definitely really, work something really out and uh, you know get you hooked up. Yeah, so. we uh, we used to smoke, um, not having a fryer. We used to smoke our wings. We smoke mm-hmm. our pork and we smoke our pork belly. And now we have to, we have to adapt and you know bake it and and add different seasonings to try to get where we can. Um, but I'm excited to hopefully I'm working with Russ and, and Scott about what i can do to right. get that smoker up and going yeah and it's if awesome. you can't there's something about smoked meat my wife hates it i love it there's something about <laughs> it that's makes it even better <laughs> yeah it's just a, a depth of flavor that... it, it really is and i think everyone has their own um perception on smoked meats you know there's some that really like it really bitter they really like a strong smoke mm. um that's not personally what i like yeah. um i do like a smoke you know a good good solid smoke on it mm. um and some people, you know, some people, you, you have to bridge them. You got to start with a Traeger that's pretty light. And, you know, you can't really uh, taste the smoke too much and then kind of bridge them and, and right. get into to other it, things. It gives you, it gives you a, a open your eyes a little bit to what you can do to certain things. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's smoke cocktails now. Is there really? Yeah. 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 I saw that. Yeah. Smoked cocktails? I, what I the fuck smoked, do you do with I had a smoked um, old-fashioned. So they actually put the glass upside down on a smolder. And they pulled it up and then made your cocktail right there. And there was just the nuance of the smoke. It was pretty cool. I've seen that. Yeah. You it's can really taste cool. it? Mm-hmm. Really? It, it? It's more essence okay. than taste. You sure. Get, you know, your smell. 
um, kind of like truffle is. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It tastes yeah. more essence. It was kind of like that. Okay. Yeah. And I was uh, I was in a place in Carlsbad, and I had uh, they had a cocktail called Campfire, and it had bourbon and scotch in it, but they didn't have smoky like a peaty scotch. Hmm. And so I was drinking it, and I said, "Make me another one, but make it with the Laphroaig." Sure. Personally, I changed their drink. Right. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah. I mean, nice. Um, it was with Ray's brother-in-law, and we sat there and we're like, "This is great." And he he texts me back two days later. He's back up in Idaho, and he goes, "What was that drink? What was in that?" <laughs> but uh, if it's if it's called certain something, I want it to taste like that. Sure. You know. Are you going to be able to do any uh, beer at Promiscuous Work here in La Jolla? Uh, we have six drafts. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I didn't yeah. know you had beer there. Yeah, we have six drafts and and just a few. Our bottles are more surf related, you know, uh, sure. Red Stripe, Imperial, Corona, Modelo, stuff like that. Right. Well, just to stay with sort of the theme in the community. How does that go? Sell more more draft. Sure. Yeah. Okay. If you uh, if you had if you were talking to somebody that was. Let's say they're working as bar, as a bartender and they wanted to open up their own place. What kind of advice would you give them? <laughs> I was given advice advice once, um, and I said, "Hey, I'm going to open up this place." Uh, and he was the owner, um, and I said, uh, "He goes, yeah, I've driven by. I've seen you guys uh, going to open." I said, "Do you have any advice for me?" And he said, "Yeah, don't do it." <laughs> and he's got a few restaurants, and I was <laughs> like, "Oh, weird." And I think back now, and I go. Right, you know, it's it's kind of one of those. Be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. A lot of people come in and go, "I want to open a place like yours, small and you know quaint." I'm like, "Be careful what you wish for." Yeah, I mean, I, I was happy to have a 513 square foot restaurant because along the road, you're going to learn, you're going to bump your head, you're going to there's going to be roadblocks, there's going to be things that happen. It's on a smaller scale. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, no, it's. Uh... You know, I never like to tell people not to do things. You know, it's uh, it's something that I was fortunate to have a dad that allowed me to explore and do yeah. do whatever I wanted. Um, but there is a misconception of people think that you know, as a restaurant owner, that you're just fucking yeah. rolling in the dough. Yeah, and it's that's, like, man, if, this if you're in it for that, you're yeah, in it for the wrong reasons. The uh, the margins for- on on restaurants are extremely extreme. And if you don't tight. have hard alcohol, you know that's where your markup is. Right. You don't have that. Um, I don't know if I would tell someone not to do it. I just would let them know that, you know, be prepared to put your mm-hmm. life into it. Put your life on hold and and dive into this thing. How often are you there? Uh, every day. Are you? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. we were talking uh, yesterday in my office to my assistant, and she was talking about her, a friend of hers did some type of business and wanted to do something else and left, and then, you know, her other business failed. And I'm like, absentee owners just, it's very unless it's you know a very transactional thing yeah absentee owners are going to go out of business you you can't very very rarely are you going to find someone that cares as much as you do exactly and uh, when i say rare i mean i have i've never seen it so when you find that person though fucking hold on to them i can definitely be there more um right now um i'm lucky enough to have a a staff that i'm fully confident in first Mm -hmm. time in like two years that i have a, a staff that shows up and there's very little drama and it's very nice. So they're allowing me to get my uh, sanity back a little sure. bit after two years of, you know, what we went through. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'm almost there. Right. <laughs> almost. Where are you getting your bread from? Uh, California Baking. Is that where you get yep. your shop? Absolutely. Yeah. Those guys are phenomenal. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah. I fucking yeah, really hate them. Cool. 
I, I don't know what <laughs> happened. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what happened. That's so weird. Yeah, I tried to get them in here and like called them multiple times. He came out, was going to send samples, didn't send samples. Said he said samples. Then he's like, "Oh yeah, sorry, we fucked up. I'll bring them. Never brought them." And then we're like, "Okay, like, what can that's we get crazy. that's perfect, like, for retail?" And I, I just think he didn't want to be in retail, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, but all you have to say is, "I don't want to be in retail." Right. I, I get it. I get it. You know, mm-hmm. you make a, he does, I mean, from what Sean and Gene say, he does so much fucking business in, yeah. in restaurants that, but, I mean, well. it's fine, but don't, don't uh, say yes and then not do it. Right. Right. At least come out and give you the opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah we do. They've, uh, been, they've been great for us. Um, no problems with them. Bread's good. Bread's really good. Bread's really good. No, I mean, it's, it's. Yeah, we use our sourdough. We use the um, multigrain. Yeah sourdough and then uh, we get our uh, buns from uh, shamrock awesome yeah tarani um you know for me a burger is the bun yeah and so uh, i wanted a, a nice soft brioche bun cool and then, and then we also use a uh, um, philly roll for a couple of our sandwiches how has how have the deliveries been over there uh they're good um they park middle of the street yeah yeah in the median and then yeah right in the median yeah 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 we're we're uh curious to see how it's going to work out because i mean some of our loads are, are quite yeah you guys will have seven yeah. pallets of, of meat or you know i'm just wanting to go down the alley for you guys or that's something. what we're thinking because yeah. that's where our load our dock's going to be a little where we get the ramp up into the back and to get into our coolers okay. but you know it's uh it's going to be a learning process for us to to see you know right now we're a lot bigger than 4,800 square feet. So is that what you're going to be over there? Yeah. Okay. So downsizing to that <clears throat> 4,800 square feet. Gonna, what do you feel that you're going to have to cut out? Grocery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's to be honest, it's uh, we're going to have a lot of specialty items that mm-hmm. you can't get anywhere else. But um, grocery for us, and, the, and when I say grocery, I mean uh, dry goods. Yeah. It's um, you know takes up about 80% of my floor in my backstock okay. and it is about 14% of my business. So it's extremely hard to justify that, but people want convenience. Well, what's going to be hard is I think for you guys to figure out what to cut out because right. you're in a different demographic now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I don't need to have eight different types of corn. No. You know, I don't need to have, um, nine different types of toilet paper you know those are going to be the just a little commodity i don't know that's kind of a thing (laughs) right well we have bidets so we we don't even uh big on bidets we got a hose out front (laughs) exactly exactly um but yeah i mean we'll we'll still do the specialty things that you know like i said you can't get anywhere else but some of the commodity products i think we'll just really shy away from more like i don't need to have soda i don't need to have like all the two liters and stuff i can let ron have all that stuff all that business he he does a great job with that and uh you know like i said we already talked him a little bit or his brother what was his brother's name evan evan yeah, yeah. we talked to evan and uh you know so it's you know things you know i think it's uh, you guys will compliment all of us yeah you know we got a little bit of everything there uh you know ron's got a, a niche he's got some stuff there and you guys will have your stuff and i think you'll compliment each other just fine well we're excited for it we yeah. definitely are we're excited to be part of the neighborhood and like i said i'm i'm extremely excited to be able to have a sandwich every day It'd be really, <laughs> absolutely really cool. But we'll uh, we'll try to make a behind the smoke meetup and get some of our listeners and come out and uh, support you awesome. before the end of the year. And yeah, we'll put that on our Facebook page. But how do people find you? 
Um, they can find us at, uh, well, if they need to email me, Craig at the promiscuous fork.com. We okay. do, um, Instagram a little bit, getting into that and Facebook, we're on Perfect. Facebook. Yeah. Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes. And then, uh, this week, our social shout out is going to go to Joey Machado of B and B charcoal. Uh, ran into him and Saffron, uh, this weekend at King of the Smoker. Um, that was an awesome, awesome event. Um, very impressive. We also got to see, uh, Kelly and Kathleen McIntosh, uh, they were running that for the KCBS. Sterling Ball, a big Papa Smokers, was kind enough to invite us and went out there with Brian and Corey. Um, had some incredible barbecue. And um, this week, that shout-out is going to Joey Machado, B&B Charcoal. Um, so we'll put that in the show notes. But be sure to tag us, uh, hashtag Behind the Smoke. We appreciate you guys following the show. Hit us up on the DM if you want stickers. Uh, before the end of the year and uh, we will catch you next friday thank you cool thanks guys hey guys this is sean and derek and we just really want to thank you for listening to the podcast it means the world to us we'd like you to go check out behindthesmokemedia.com that's our website where we have barbecue resources for you to help build your barbecue business Uh, We also have events listed, so anything that's happening in the West Coast barbecue movement, uh, anything that's going on, we want you to go check that out so you can learn more and get involved. We also have show notes uh, from all the episodes, so anything we talked about in the episodes, you can find detailed show notes there. Um, Plus, you can just get in touch with us. It's important that uh, we're here as a resource for you, so please reach out. Let us know how Derek and I can help you with your barbecue journey. Uh, Get involved, stay curious, and uh, follow us on social at Barbecue War Stories. Uh, We'll talk to you soon.